Well, good evening. It is good to see all of you out tonight. We are glad that you're here with us. Tonight's one word lesson is on the word Father. Father. We have in the past, I know for last year we used it for Father's Day. We looked at the word fathers and what that meant to us and, and what God desires of fathers, that kind of thing. But tonight's lesson is more about God the Father than anything else. And so that's going to be our focus for tonight. And tonight's lesson is a, a bit of a throwback, not to anything that you have heard before, uh, but before I came here, uh, as part of one of the radio programs that I was doing uh, back in 2016, I did a series on some of the things that God has given us. And so I put some of those thoughts together to, to make one sermon and hopefully it will be something that will teach us a little bit about God the Father and learn about some other things as well. There is much that we will never know about God. But there are some things that we can learn about God through His Word. We learn that He is God of the universe from the account of the creation. We learn of His love toward man and the sending of His Son to earth to die for the sins of man. We learn of Him through the teachings of Jesus. All of these help us to understand a little bit about who God is. But again, there's so many things, there, there's just so much that we will never comprehend in our, our small minds. We just cannot fathom God. But some things that we learn about through the things that He has given us in this life. Uh, the things we will learn about tonight give us a, a better understanding of God and, and what He wants of us, what He wants of, of His creation. We, we learn of His compassion for His creation. Tonight we're going to look at four different things that we have because of God. First of all, we understand that God has given us life. Without God, life would not be possible. And of course, there are many throughout the world that would teach otherwise. Many that would say that, that life comes from a big boom and there it is. That's not what happened. We know that to be the case. We know that by faith. We believe God's Word. That He gives life to all. And not only does He give us life, but, but He gives us His Word and the ability to understand His Word. He gives us free will, choice in how we will serve Him, whether or not we will serve Him. And He gave us His Son, the, one of the greatest gifts that any of us could ever imagine. He gave us the life of His Son. Uh, we have one lesson objective for tonight to, to learn more about God through the things that He has given us. And I hope that this lesson is one that, that helps us to understand a little bit about our Father. God gave you life. God gave you life. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking a little bit about, uh, at creation, at the creation of the world, at the creation of man. 
In Genesis chapter 1 and beginning with verse 26, Genesis 1 and 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea. Over the birds of the air. Over everything that moves on the earth. For every living thing that moves on the earth. In verse 29, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Not only did God give life to His creation, and not just to us as man, but He gave life to animals, to the, the, the beasts that roam the earth. He gave life to, to the sea creatures that live in the waters. He gave life to every plant He blessed man. He blessed him with land and food. We are created in the image of God. Let us make man in our image. I don't believe that this is the physical image because we're not given a physical image of God. But what we are told of God is we're told about His Dominion over everything. We're told of, of His Spirit. We're told in John chapter 4 that God is Spirit. And I believe it's in that spiritual image that we are created. And we too are given dominion over all the creatures, over everything on the earth. We are given a spirit and a soul. And long after this world is finished, long after we are buried, it's not the physical body that lives on, but our soul that is resurrected to be with God. God looked upon His creation and He saw that it was good. As everything else that He had created, He looked upon it and saw that it was good. And he saw man. Which is interesting because God knows everything. God knew. I believe God knew that, that man would, would turn away from him. That man would become wicked. And still, he looked at man, his creation, and he saw it and said that it was very good. Despite wickedness, life continues for us today. In Genesis chapter 3, we read that sin entered the world when Eve partook of the forbidden fruit. She was tempted by the serpent and she 
gave in. She partook of the forbidden fruit. And not only did she partake of it, but she also took it to her husband and said, Here, eat it. And he did. And man's state of, of wickedness, we also understand, was so great in Genesis chapter 6 that, that God planned to destroy the earth and all of its inhabitants. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Uh, the King James uses the word repented. Um, he repented that he had made man. But he was sorry that he had made them. But, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Man was given a new opportunity at life through Noah and his descendants. So everything else, all the others, anything that wasn't in the ark, any creature that wasn't in the ark was destroyed. But Noah and his family were saved, along with the sampling of all the animals. And so life continues today because God found grace, or Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God promised that He would never again destroy the earth with flood waters as he had previously done. In Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and a day and night, shall not cease. And that promise continues today. And man is also given a new lease on life, if you will, through the sacrifice of Christ as he gave himself on the cross for man's sins. God gives us life. And not only does he give us life on earth, but he also offers us eternal life if we are obedient and faithful to him. Now, in order for us to be obedient and faithful, God had to give us his word. And so he gives us his will for man through his word. And we're studying this on Wednesday night too. So this is kind of a, a just a summary of some of the things that we've been studying. He first gave his word to his people through the patriarchs of families. The, the heads of families. Uh, we read it especially in Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and beginning with verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
We'll see that, that God brought His word to Abraham. This was His will for Abraham. And, and if Abraham was obedient, and he was, then God would be faithful to this promise to bless His people from generation to generation. And I believe that continues up till today. We are spiritual children of Abraham as we are God's people. But he delivered his word, his will, to a patriarch. Abraham was also told to sacrifice his son Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. And being faithful to God, he was willing to make that sacrifice. And he was about ready, he was about ready to kill him when God stopped him. And another sacrifice was offered in Isaac's place. Moses was given God's will. Uh, and we see that, that, that this time through Moses, uh, we are given law. Man is given law to follow. The law of Moses. Uh, we read of it beginning in Exodus chapters 19 and 20 and, and going forward from there. But we see that God's will was shared with His people. Following the age of the patriarchs, God also gave His word to prophets. And finally through His Son. Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by His Son whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the world. God has blessed us with His Word and His will for our lives. And today, He expects us to obey. Today we have His Word recorded in Scripture. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as we, we look at Scripture, as we study it, we understand that Jesus is referred to as the Word. He is the subject of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. John 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is the Word. God has revealed His, His will for us through His Word, what He wants of us in this life that we live. But even in giving us His Word and His will, He has given us free will. 
God gave you free will. We are not forced out of compulsion to serve God. He doesn't come down and threaten us with lightning strikes, things of that nature. But we are given the ability to choose whether or not we will serve Him. We have choice in the matter of Christianity. And we see this choice that goes all the way back to the beginning as well. Adam and Eve, were they not given choice as to whether or not they would serve God? Even being given the Garden of Eden, God gave them choice. In Genesis 2, in verses 15 through 17, Genesis 2, beginning with verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. They were given choice. This is what you do. If you want to remain in the Garden of Eden, you do what I ask you to do. Just do not partake of this one tree. Don't eat of its fruit, because you shall surely die. And in chapter 3, their choice was made. Knowing God's will for them, they both exercised free will when partaking of the forbidden fruit. They made a choice. Knowing. When we look back at Eve and, and her conversation with the serpent, she told him, we're, we're not to eat of this tree. And, and the serpent says, eh, you'll, you'll not surely die. You'll be alright. You'll be as God. You'll know everything that God knows. She knew better. And yet she still made the choice to partake of the fruit. And so, Adam and Eve both, they exercised free will. They exercised choice when they chose to do what God had commanded them not to do. And what is God's will for us today? Turn with me for a moment to John chapter 8. Let's look at verses 1 through 11. John chapter 8. Beginning with verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought, brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. In the very act. I have many questions about this. I wonder where the man was that was also caught in adultery. But he's not here. And when they'd set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say in verse 6? 
This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Let him cast the first stone. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman... He said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The will of God for the woman is the same as His will for us today. We are not condemned because of the blood of Christ. But we are to go and sin no more. We are given opportunity to choose salvation and or repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness. The end of the world will come. It may seem delayed, but it will come. God is not slack concerning this promise. But instead is long-suffering toward us. He's patient with us. He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. But again, we have choice in the matter. We have choice as to whether or not we will be saved. We are told what is necessary to become Christians and what is necessary for our faithfulness. Look at Acts chapter 2. And what did Peter tell the Jews on the day of Pentecost? Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Obedience is required of us. Obedience to God's will that we repent, that we are baptized in order to have this remission of our sins, in order to be forgiven. And for faithfulness, Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued in the assembly with one another. They continued to worship God just as they, they, they did here on the day of Pentecost. They continued in those, those assemblies. 
But not only that, we also see a little bit later on that they, they had fellowship from house to house. They, they, they had fellowship on a daily basis with one another, studying together and sharing their lives together. But they continued, in the, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and that's what we do today. That's faithfulness. And it goes beyond that. It also goes into the Great Commission and carrying the gospel into the world. But we are to continue steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine even today. In the letters that were written following the, these conversions, the, the encouragement that was given, we are to continue teaching and practicing until He comes. God wants us to be Christians. And not only does He want us to be Christians, but He wants us to be faithful Christians. But again, we are given free will. We are given choice in the matter. God gave you His Son. God gave you His Son. Through Christ, we are offered salvation. You see, the command that, that Peter gave to the Jews to repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that would be null and void without Christ. It, it wouldn't have a purpose without Christ. But it is through Him that we are offered salvation. He is the author of of salvation. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 8 and 9. He is the way. John 14 and verse 6. And our knowledge of salvation is given through Him. Luke 1 verses 67 through 79. Through Christ we are offered hope. Through Him we are offered hope. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 16 and 17. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work or every good word and work. Our hope of eternity comes through Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 5. 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We are offered eternity through Christ and through His sacrifice. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3 and verse 16. Why did God give His Son? Because He loves you. God loves you. This is just a, a sample of the things that God has given us. We can look at other examples. Uh, last December we looked at the gifts of God. And not only the, the gift of His Son, but grace and, and all the things that, that go along with it. But we learn from these points tonight. God gave you life. What does that teach us about God? He cares for you. You are His creation after all. And God cares for you. Even despite our sin... God gives us every breath we breathe. He allows us every breath that we breathe. He could punish us or even destroy us. And we see the thread in, in Genesis chapter 6. The world was wicked, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so have we. So with every breath that we take, we remember that God cares for us. He cares for you. His creation. God gave you His Word. Which means that He wants you to know Him. God wants you to know Him. And sometimes, I know it's hard to, to find time in our busy schedules to study God's Word, but... You know, the more that we study it, the more we, we read about His love for us. The more we learn about Him and His will. He gives us knowledge of what He wants us to know. He gives us the, the plan of salvation so that we might please Him. And He tells us what we must do to remain faithful in this life. But God also gave you free will. He wants you to know Him. That's why He gave us His Word, right? He wants us to know Him. But He also wants you to choose Him. Choose Him above the world, the temptations, the pleasures. Above everything that we could have in this life. God wants you to choose Him. He does not force us to do what He wants. He instead wants us to choose to serve Him. He wants us to want to love Him. And God gave you His Son. God loves you more than you will ever know. You know, sometimes we may go through life and we may think that nobody cares for us. Nobody loves me. You know what? God loves you. 
So much so that He was willing to give His Son, the life of His Son, on the cross to offer us salvation from sin, to offer us hope, to offer us eternal life in His presence. These things can only come through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. All the sacrifices that were offered in the Old Testament, they, they were nothing without the sacrifice of Christ looking forward. God loves you. I've often heard it expressed this way. We might ask God, how much do you love me? All you have to do is look to the cross. See Jesus hanging on the cross. It's like God saying, I love you this much. Farther than, than even his physical arms could reach. God loves me. And he loves you. So we learn from this lesson that, that God cares for us. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to choose Him. And He loves us more than we could imagine. God loves us, but, but He also asks something of us in return. Mark 12, verses 30 and 31. Mark 12, verses 30 and 31. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. God loves us, but he also wants us to love him with everything in our being, everything that we have, heart, soul, mind, strength, love God with everything you've got. And not only that, not only loving God, but also loving our neighbor. Fellow Christians, and, and especially those in the world, we love all. And we do what we can to bring the lost to salvation, to teach them what they need to do to be saved. Love God. Love thy neighbor. How much do you love God? Are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? Have you given your life to Him in obedience? Repentance, confession, baptism for the remission of sins. Have you remained faithful? Are you a faithful child of God? Or have you wandered away? Maybe you need to come back. But if there is anything that we can do to assist you tonight, we give you the opportunity to respond as together we stand. As we stand.